Roger West. How are you? Um, I'm doing great, Robert Hinchliff. <laughs> did I say that I right? You did, yeah. So, I mean, it's, I don't know if I've told this before. Years. It's uh, it's English actually, and uh, it's got to be the hardest English word ever. Well, I just need I just need someone to get famous so that I don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, you used to be know? Robert H. <clears throat> yeah, I wasn't blessed with West. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know where where did that come from? Right, that's got to be English too, theoretically. Right? I, I would imagine, but so my name actually means by the cliff because back in England many years ago uh, they lived by the cliff, and it's just cliff. been adapted, but. Boy, if someone could get famous soon, that would sure help me out when I make a phone call. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good. <laughs> well, yesterday is Roger Wolves. West. He's the uh, principal of Fess Middle School, like Wilbur Confess. Yeah, like Confess Wilbur and Teresa Fess Middle School. Uh, so I appreciate your time. I have often wondered what makes you enjoy middle school because when I step on a middle school campus. I lose my mind. I have all the patience in the world for kids in elementary school. They can do anything, and I will talk to them. I step on middle school campus. I am a new human. I am not the same person. So how do you do what you do? You know, I mean, I guess it's, I. you know, I guess you know what you know, right? And so I, I um, you know, most of my background, uh, really my whole background uh, was high school. So um I, I guess just middle school felt um, pretty natural in a way. It was like, uh, I think sixth graders were a little surprising. Um, just sort of that they have kind of that normal, you know, Garfield and normal esque you know, quality. They're just so loving and they just want to. <laughs> See right you there, and, you just are doing what you do. Yeah, You're just I making mean, them sound to the angels. I know. Right. <laughs> and so most of them, right. There's, there's, most. there's a handful of that, but um yeah, I, I guess I just, uh, I guess I've just always operated with sort of this philosophy that like, if you're doing it, then you better do it. You better enjoy doing it. Or how, how could you ever expect anybody else to enjoy what they're doing or, or have passion for what they're doing if you don't exude that at some level? So I think like just even when I was a teacher, I just thought in my classroom, I was like, if I, if I don't love this, I taught high school, you know, social studies, government, economics, psychology, did student council. I guess I just always thought if, if I don't love this at, at a high level, then why, why should any of them buy into it? And yeah, you, you say that because I've never seen you. Uh, I've never seen, I've actually never seen you even uh, remotely, um, not even kill. Uh, you're always just calm. Everything is good. Life is good. What's the best part about your job? Um, what makes well, you so happy? I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I, I that I get to do my job. I guess that we get to we get to do this stuff. I I mean I guess it's I don't want to say it's an absence of like what's the alternative. I guess you know I don't I don't know what jobs you work like you know in college and things like that. I was a valet parker. Um, I worked in a restaurant. I was, uh, like a, a busboy in a restaurant. Um, so yeah, so some of those, you know, I worked, I worked a job. I, um, I actually to be honest, my very first job out of was, I was in, and, uh, which has come in handy many times. I was the, the copy person at office max. Um, you know, so I, I learned I'm like a pro <laughs> with the copy machine, right? So, I always... so you're the person I call when 
when uh when the copy machine be yes what, what or just even like different like people don't realize all the features that a copy machine has on it right and <laughs> and this is like going back to 19 you know 90 whatever five six and and i'm um, and things that copiers did back then that they still do today that people have no idea um so i did that i was like a valley parker i worked at a um you know, in a restaurant and I, you know, then I worked at a bank, right? I was a teller. I got this, what I thought was a really cool. And I just, through all those jobs, I just realized that they were literally jobs. They were literally, you know, there were things that I did. I earned money. Um, but it was, um, you know, if you, if you display like the, the bank job, I did pretty well in and, um, you know, they talked to me about, they're like, just finish college. We want you to go into, you know, our management program. And I was thinking about who my, you know, bank manager was and how unhappy she was, you know, with, with her life and, and what she was doing. And, uh, but I, at the time, you know, she, I, I knew she made $60,000 a year. And I just thought that was like, I couldn't even imagine yeah. like what making $60,000 a year was like. Right. And so, um, so yeah, I just, I think, I think I, so when I saying the absence of something else is I just, I, I loved what I was studying. I loved social studies, history, government, politics, all that kind of stuff. And um, I think I just, so I, that just, and, and to be honest, Robert, like I had teachers that had profoundly influenced me um, both in those directly in those content areas, but also um, just in general, right? Teachers I had that um, just made me think there's something more to this profession than just, you know, um, like, oh, you have to go to school. So let's, you know, let's open a schoolhouse and you have to go to it like checkbox. Why do you, I mean, it, there's a lot of reasons these days. Why, why are, I feel like there's more people that are miserable in our profession though. Do you think, I mean, even before this year with the contract, I feel, and all the new things, which we'll get to, but I just feel like, I don't know if people enjoy this job anymore or a lot of people. Yeah, I think I think like a lot of things, I'm, and I'm just going to throw a theory out there, is that I feel like people who, I, I used to say this quote a lot to my staff, people that are unhappy, they like solicit company, they wanna, right? Yeah, like, they want someone to make them feel better about yeah. themselves. And so, and so if you're unhappy about something, like you you don't want to be alone in that, in that unhappiness. And so you tend to be a little more vocal, like we used to actually talk about in government, like people, there's people who are more likely to, to take studies or to answer research questions that right. are, you know, that are unhappy than are happy. Cause if you're, if you're happy and everything's going great, then why would you, why would you, you know, you don't necessarily feel like, Oh, I really have to tell everybody how great this is, this is going. Um, so that you, you, you know, like they don't seem to want to elicit friends and stuff. So it, it's just sort of felt that I wonder if there are, a lot of people out there, you know, I, and I, I don't want to diminish, but I will tell you, I've had some very frank conversations with people on my staff, at least. And I, I'm sure you probably have as well that, you know, obviously they want to be paid. They want to be valued. They want to be, you know, this is a, you know, I, I 100% agree. This is a great opportunity for educators to, to increase their pay and, and increase that, that feeling like this truly is a profession where, you know, you're, you're not, you know, you're not on the, the cusp of living paycheck to paycheck that you can, you know, truly find this to be um, 
so yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess that's yeah, my my long always will be long answer. <laughs> Have you? So I just had a teacher that said she was moving back to Washington State, and she's actually leaving one week from today. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a tough loss, wow. but I said, as your boss, this stinks. As a human, you gotta go. Right. She's moving back home. She's making an extreme amount more. She's not going to live paycheck to paycheck. She can barely afford her house now. Yeah. So I think you can see, I think, why you know, it's a hard job to begin with. It's a hard job. And then we're sitting here and they're just like, they're like a caught in the middle of the district and the union. And if they have a principal that doesn't value them, then they're hating life also. Then you throw in the 19 new programs that they got to do. It's a hard job. So you understand why yeah. they're not happy. And I think for me, I don't know if you feel this way, when people transfer, if they transfer like to another elementary school that's close, I kind of take that personal. Uh, like a why, why now some, some you can, you can go, but right. um, if it's someone that's good to seem happy, if you transfer somewhere close, I would take that personal. Like, why did I not do a good job? Um, but then of course, like you were saying, some people, if you're miserable, you got to go. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. And, and if you, and, you know, I think, I think I've seen like, uh, enough people or just even, you know, ourselves, right. We don't, we don't, we don't still work at the very first school we, you know, got a job at, we've moved around and, and I think I've, I've noticed, or as you, as you see people move around and stuff, but I, I agree. I take it personal a little bit too, personally, because I, you know, I hope that I'm, I'm worth the drive. If you're somebody who's, you know, living, like live far away, but that, you know, we create this, this, you know, little bit of Disneyland where it's worth the drive. But um, I think, I think people sometimes need that chance to sort of reinvent themselves. And especially when, right. When you, you know, you, um, you know, you and I have that, that luxury of being the principal and being sort of that leader. And then when people are um, not when you're, I know, right. When you're the, my acrobatic cat there. Um, when you're the leader, you're, you're able to do that. But when you're a teacher and you're teaching the same thing year after year or the same, I don't know. I wonder if there's just an aspect of that of like, I just need, I, I'm probably going to do the same thing. There's probably going to be the same programs, you know, but I need, I need a new spot to do it in. I don't know. Or I, or I think yeah. that. That makes sense. I mean, sometimes you just need to change, but. And I, um, I have to say too, I, I think that sometimes like that my, my favorite epiphany that I've had recently about, about we, you know, I'm sure, I, I don't know if at Tyrone Thompson, you guys call yourself a family, right? Are you trying to create this family-like we, environment? We're, we're trying to be a team. We try to be a team. So there you go. So we talk a lot about our fest family, right? And I, I sort of had this epiphany this summer that like maybe everybody, the concept of family is not the same, right? Like, that's like a maybe good point. For, right? <laughs> Like for some people, family's not this, you know, um, you know, not, not that, uh, you know, fireside, you know, stockings on the, you know, uh, waffles Sunday morning um, and things. So when you're caught, when you're saying you're a family. So I think sometimes it's uh, you, you want to be working, like you said, like as a team, or you want to be working as a community where you're, you're all trying to like look out for each other and stuff. But I think in some staffs and in situations that have happened with me is that, you know, people have become really good friends or become really close. And then something happens in that relationship and it becomes not good. And then it becomes really hard to work together. 
you know. I think that happens over so many years. You just you become a quote family, um, and you just develop friendships. And then, of course, you know, then you have to be the boss, or you know, someone doesn't like your decision, and they're friends, so they think they can say whatever they want, and then it's a bad situation. You're not wrong. How do you? I, I again, I don't understand middle school. I don't. Yeah. really want, want to know about it uh how do you how what do you do during the day because i i am i know i'm wrong but i imagine middle school as a place with 1500 kids not all of them are sweet baby angels and i i was talking to jeff granger last week and i was telling him about my day and how i blinked and basically the day was gone and i didn't get in hardly any classrooms because i had so much managerial stuff how do you do that at a middle school like what do you Tell me about your day. So my day, I, I would say I I am I am hardly in my office, which drives um, my my secretary crazy because um, people come looking for me, right? And I'm and I'm not there. Um, <clears throat> I try to, and I I don't mean that in a, in the to say that I'm always in you know in classrooms, you know, taking furious notes about what is happening. But I'm I'm generally very visible on campus, right? Yeah. Like I'm very, um, I spend every morning, I start the morning in a different classroom every day. I do the announcements. I don't know if Christy told you this, but, um, you know, just, and just kind of vamp a little bit from that. Um, and then, and then, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I have four APs. So I think that what I, and three of them were brand new last year. And so what I spent a lot of last year doing was um, I I treated them like I wanted them to treat my staff. So I spent I invested a lot of time with with the three of them, <clears throat> as did like my seasoned AP. Right. So we spent a lot of time like working on um, the work with them, like whatever they were doing, trying to be right there with them. Like whether that was having you know having conversations with kids, whether that was going in a classroom and and doing an observation and then meeting with the teacher afterwards, um, just just trying to be um, in their work, right? Meeting with them one-on-one, talking about their management stuff, projects they're working on. I feel like a lot of our, um, you know, and I've shared this with with some of our, our district leadership, I feel like our some of our younger administrators, they don't understand the concept of project management. Their job is project management. They have like, they have like seven projects going on at any one time. And for me, that came naturally because that's sort of what student council is. So I feel like when I ran student council, you always had a project or you always had something coming up. So when I went into administration, that didn't feel weird to suddenly have like, okay, I have evals here and I have, I'm over, you know, facilities over here and whatever else I, you know, had to do. It, it didn't feel weird to do that. So, but then I'd say like, I try to make, we have three lunches. I try to make at least two of those lunches. Um, and then, and then we get done with lunches and we have one more block of time. And that's usually where, if there's any sort of pending discipline, try to make sure that it's cleaned up for the day and that we know, you know, where we know where we stand, um, with, with everyone. And then honestly, at the end of the day, I'm at the crosswalk at, at mall in Pearland and, uh, I'm directing traffic to, to make sure. And then. And then I come in and I would say that time then is where I can really sit down. I'm a little bit, I, I like to say I'm a little bit selective OCD, but if I'm going to work on email, I want to be able to like sit and work on it. You know, I want to mm-hmm. be able to, 
like obviously throughout the day, you know, sometimes I see things or whatever. And, but I would say that that's really the time in the afternoon that I try to sit down and get like paperwork kind of stuff done. Do you feel though, like, so my struggle is, and I don't know, I don't know if you have your APs do all of the observations and evals or not, but it just feels harder and harder to be an instructional leader when we're managing so much. Yeah, no, I, I agree. My, 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 you know, my, Number two, you know, my number one AP and I have the bulk of teachers. We have, we have a little over 20, we have like 22 teachers each. <clears throat> and then, and then my other APs have 10 or less. Um, so, yeah. So no, I, I agree with you. It's definitely a matter of like, and what does that mean? Like what does instructional leadership mean? Yeah. I mean, you make a good point. I mean, ultimately you're the leader, but uh, I guess for me is, you know, can I walk in and give you a suggestion or give you props? for what you're doing uh, as and as it pertains to instruction? Or am I walking in to get Johnny because Johnny got, got in a fight at such and such? I think that's more behavioral yeah. or managerial. Um, and it's just, it's just, I feel like back in the day, we could just do so much more, but, um, and maybe that's because, you know, we're getting big now too. We're over 800, but I feel, I feel like it's hard to just devote your time to, I don't, I honestly, um, wonder how I'm going to get observations done this year without being yeah. called to a classroom or to go find a student that doesn't want to go to class or things like that. I'm sure I'll make it, but it just seems like having a good chunk of time to sit there and watch someone is hard to come by. Yeah. Without, without interruptions. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, I would say that we're, we try to, we try to, you know, and, and, and having four, you know, five total of us helps a lot. <clears throat> um, I, I would say that it, it's just a matter of like, right, we try to, we try to, you know, we communicate with each other and we say like when we're going to a classroom so that essentially if anything comes up that would be, you know, in your area during that time that, that either, you know, somebody is, is waiting for it or, or, or they're waiting for you, right. Or you just let them know, like, I'm, I'm not available. And I know that sounds, you know, on, sometimes on paper, really easy to do the part about making yourself so accessible is that then when you're not accessible, people are confused, right? Like why, but he's always available or he always wants to see me or he's always, but then I'm like, well, but I'm doing, you know, um, I feel like that's my boss has been, has been pretty good about with me because I, uh, because I do try to be really accessible and, and really, and, and, you know, the more they're on our campus, right. Campuses, um, you know, I think like, you know, she, she and I have a great, like we've been together now, you know, this is going on like year three that, um, you know, she's like, she's like, you know, Hey, do you, you know, do you feel like you really needed to address that right then? Or, you know, like why, why, like we had a thing, we had extra, you know, we sell Panda Express on Wednesdays and there was a, there was a lot extra this week, right? We, we way over ordered and like, they're calling me on the radio. Like one of the, the person selling it is calling me on the radio and I'm just like, and everybody on campus knows I'm with my boss, right? Like, why are we calling me about Panda Express, right? Maybe and she so, wants some. I know, right? And so I, which I offered her, of course, because I have good manners. But I was like, I just, you know, I just said like, hey, you know, and then I'm thinking, just why didn't one of my other AP, I, would, I just said, I was like, hey, if you're calling yeah. me about Panda, like maybe, maybe you can check with one of the other APs about what to do. Yeah, just stuff like that, though. It's just, um, yeah, I guess that just comes from, quote unquote, training the people that you're working with. But right. uh, things like that is just, I don't, 
um, the whole premise of the show last week with, with uh, Jeff was basically the, the behind the scenes stuff that we do uh, that people don't know or don't see. And I, I guess dealing with Panda Express is added to that list now. Yes. Right. Cause I mean, if you want, it's a great, I mean, it's a, it's, it's, I hate to use this word, but it's spiritually uplifting. Like kids enjoy <laughs> having another food option right out there. Um, it's something they know. And then, but then, yeah, it, it adds, a, it, it's a fundraiser for the school, but it, yeah, it certainly adds another, um, you know, just another thing that we have to deal with. Right. Yeah. Cause yep, it is. there's paperwork yeah. involved, right. It's a fundraiser. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah see, I, 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 paperwork is the death of me. Yeah. I just hate yeah. paperwork. I you hate know. it. And I can only imagine what you go through, you know, especially I was going to ask you about this. So especially like with prep buys and prep sells and all that comes with that. I mean, well, first of all, how do you, how many subs do you average a day and how do you cover that? It, so, you know, I have to say, knocking on wood here, I mean, like for example, today, today we had one sub, we had one, that's, we had one teacher awesome. out. Um, Take that back. Sorry. We had a, <laughs> I did a long range planning day with, for eighth grade math. So all four of them, um, were out, but they had all, but one of them had a sub. So when I say we only had one, we had one sub, we had one class that we had to cover classes for. Okay. Um, I'd say, so that, that was kind of a lot today. I was thinking yesterday, yesterday we had, we had one teacher out, we have a Sosa. She covered the class, right? It was a sub on special assignment. So, yeah, so, so are one of the best things that they've ever created. Absolutely. Right. To yeah. have. Um, so I would say, I don't know, on average, I'd say, you know, probably two to three per day. That doesn't seem that bad, though, because I always wondered again, I just sit and wonder. But, um, you know, if you have uh, again, not being the biggest fan of middle schoolers, if you had some random Joe go in to cover a class, does that I mean, depending on the class, does that make it more or less likely that you're going to end up in there with? something to deal with it yeah it can i certainly have some staff on campus that when they i know you know you know when they're going into um a classroom there they might they might you know ruffle feathers we just you know so i you know that ahead of time and i <clears throat> i think i i adopted this mentality when i was in high school of like when we have subs on campus or when we have teachers out i just kind of i make it part of the announcement you know like we, we talk about it. We try and make sure I try and make sure that my secretary has either texted us or emailed us to say what classrooms have subs today. And so, you know, just like with your own kids, you just try to front load the expectation, right? You go to the class at the beginning. Hey, this is, you know, uh, you have a sub today and, but it's not really a sub. It's, you know, it's Miss O'Donnell and she's a teacher at our school and you might not have had her, but she's a person on our campus, treat her with respect, follow her directions. She's going to do her best to follow your teacher's sub plans. You're going to have a great time, you know, zip it. And if you end up in the office and I just, you know, one of our flyer 15s is, is about, you know, when you have a guest teacher on campus, treat them with, greet them, make them feel welcome, treat them with respect and follow all your teacher's rules. Right. So it's, it's sort of like, I feel like sometimes if you talk about those things like that are versus like waiting for it to be a disaster, then, um, then like kids will generally respond, right? Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned Christy, that's, um, you know, my wife works for you, <laughs> which so uh, it's always fascinating to hear. Um, she, what One thing that she gives you great credit for, I mean, there's many things, but she gives you great credit because you 
we get I come and I just tell her everything. So she knows most of the things coming. And sure. she says you do a great job filtering the things that I tell her are coming so that the staff doesn't hear things they don't need to hear. Yes. So I think, well, thank you. Um, I think what I'm, what I'm good at sometimes doing, and I'm just going to say this the wrong way. Sometimes I'm good at putting lipstick on a pig. Like I know, and I'm, I have a, I have no poker face. So if I don't believe in something or I don't, yeah, if I don't. So I think what I try to do is I try to figure out, okay, this is in our, this is something we have to do. And so because we have to do it, then how can I do it our way in a way that we can own it and be proud of it and that it doesn't become something where somebody else is proud of it. Like if, if we're doing it, if it's learning intentions, then we're going to do it and we're going to do it. And it's going to be something, you know, we're, we're, you know, we own and we, like, even I say the things that the district wrote, you know, those learning intentions for some of the content areas that are written for you. I hope you don't just look at it and say like, well, I'm just going to do what they wrote. Well, why? What if you don't, what if you think you could write something better or something different or, you know, change it? They're, they're an educator just like you are. Like, so how, I, how I much of that, that ph- sorry, how much ahead. of that philosophy comes from you being in central office for a little bit? Um, a piece of it that the hardest part for me in working in central office was it's hard to dream for other people. Right. And when you're in central office, you think you're going to, you think you're going to come up with all these ideas and projects or, or like help make these things come to fruition or, you know, follow, um, you know, follow the direction of the superintendent, carry out the vision, like, you know, just create this stuff. And unfortunately, if you're not, you know, in a building, you don't really have any control of whether they actually do it or not, or with how much fidelity they do it. And I feel like that was a real defeating part is that, so I, I just sort of part, part of what, you know, I, I would really struggle to ever consider going to a central office job again is, is just that aspect of like trying to work hard on something that you hope somebody else believes in. That's, that's a good point. I never thought of, you know, cause I, um, well, I talked to, talked to one principal and he, one person that went back to being a principal and he gave me a really jaded point of view of the job. And I've never really asked you about that, but I've never thought of the fact that they're in central and they are planning all this stuff, hoping that we follow it and do it. And so they're, you know, many of them, I'll be positive. Many of them are, you know, putting in the work, trying to make a difference. But one of my philosophies is I struggle with people who've never been in a classroom on campus tell me what to do in classrooms on campus. Yeah. And so I think that kind of goes with what you're saying is you're down there trying to help, but we're out here kind of maybe not using the stuff. Yeah. Well, and especially if they haven't recently been, or they haven't, um, they haven't, they haven't spent time, right? Like that was that I, I will fully admit that was a hard part of my job. I was responsible for K-12, um, you know, social studies, um, you know, world languages and, um, you know, the humanities, right. And, and all these things, um, PE and I, I haven't worked a day in an elementary school except for when, you know, I subbed a few times in college. Um, and so it was, it was, you know, the learning curve very high, right. A very different need, um, in, in, in those levels. And, and so, and, and then just the reality that 
a lot of schools weren't doing social studies, right? Or to, to it's hard do, in elementary. It's hard, it's, it's right? Hard. It's hard. It's hard to fit it in. It's hard to find the relevancy of it. It's hard to find the content expertise, right? When you're when you're working on so many other things. Yeah. So in the in the next few weeks, we were talking about this before. Uh, star ratings will come out, and I'm yeah. gonna do a I'm gonna do a podcast just uh, solo on star ratings and kind of just give all my thoughts on it uh, from yeah. the perspective of a principal who's looking at these and thinking about all the things you don't have to tell us of course where you're going to land but how do you feel about the way that they do star rates a middle school and elementary a little bit different um yeah but how do you how do you feel about them i'm pretty sure i know how you feel but yeah tell us anyways well i'm you know this is going to be a tough year for us we we took we took uh our we took a big we're going to take a big a big a big dump and uh um our our ela just (laughs) just really, really fell after the previous year, having this gigantic growth, right? And math had been our problem this year. Math did, did really well, made, made a lot of, um, we're, we're essentially back to pre pandemic, you know, levels in, in math and, and suddenly not in ELA. So, you know, it's, I, I, I really struggle with, um, and I, I just, there's so many ways to measure, measure a school. There's so many aspects that make a school, um, I think that um, I think people will be surprised at at where we're at, and um, because I don't think it feels like that, you know what I mean. Yeah. And I, I think you can step on a campus. Like I worked at some schools that were, you know, um, <clears throat> whatever lowish, and and I've always been part of like growing. So this is kind of a big like just personally a big loss to. So you're- to- alone because i'm going to go through that a little bit this year too yeah um, and, I, and i find one of the struggles is uh it can be motivating or it could be really defeating it just depends yeah. on how you sell it or how they want to take it and it's, yeah. uh, if you i mean i know you have teachers that just work their tails off and then all of a sudden boom and you're like oh yeah it's hard yeah and they don't measure, you know they don't measure mr west's cordiality and how kind he is and how he does everything, yes. you know, and the, how much the kids love you. They don't, they don't include that. Yeah. Right. Like that's not, you know, kids feel, you know, comfortable coming to school. They enjoy coming to school. They, you know, all those, yeah, those are, or just even every other subject you offer. Right. And how, and how well those it's, it's, you know, you, you're, you're tested on, you know, math and, and ELA and, and one grade level of science in middle school. And that, that sort of determines whether you, and then, and then obviously, you know, what I think has always been fair is how well you grow kids, right? I mean, you get them at a, at a certain spot. And so, um, so yeah, we just, we, I think we've, we've ridden, you know, a coattail of, of, you know, not having to be such data rangers per se, not having to, you know, you teach, you really, you know, you try and teach up and you try and, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of pushing kids into the hardest classes they can, they can handle before that was, you know, before that was sort of mandated of us. Um, and, and so I, I just always have encouraged teachers to do that and to encourage kids to be willing to take challenging classes. And so I, like you said, I think that's a great, I hope they will see it as a challenge that, yeah, okay. We had, we had a little bit of a hiccup here and, you know, sometimes you do have to play the game. There's a game, we have to play it. I'm, I'm not hoping to get, like, I'm not like, oh my gosh, you know, I really, I really want to be five star. Cause I think then that that will be, um, I think that, you know, if you're doing, if you're doing the right things, I think like 
how kids feel about school and a feel about their experience in school is so much more important to them in the long run of whether they continue in high school and college and that they, that they, you know, kind of adopt that attitude that school is, you know, a, a good place. I, some, some place I loved going to school. So I, mm-hmm. it always makes me sad if a kid doesn't enjoy going to school. So you said something where I'm, I'm struggling. I have, um, you know, the twins are in eighth grade now and they're taking algebra. Okay. And I struggle as a dad. And I, I, and I think it's cause I don't understand the system. So I don't know if you can help me and anybody that's listening. Why are we, uh, why are we, why are we trying to have eighth graders take algebra so early? Cause it's two years ahead. So is it because we want them challenged or is there some other piece to it? Cause I struggle with that. Um, you know, why, why does my kid have to take math that's two years ahead of where she's at chronologically? Well, I would say, I would say that you don't, you don't, there's a lot of things we don't develop at, you know, the same time as just because of our age. Right. So I would say your kids in your, your kids are in algebra because they, because they demonstrated the ability to be ready for algebra. Um, I don't think we're, I think the danger would be is if we were putting everybody in algebra and just saying good luck. Right. And I used to, in government, I used to teach this all the time. I was like, if everybody has a BMW, then a BMW is not a BMW anymore. Right. That's true. And so, um, I, I think, right. I think the, the caution is let's not just put everybody in algebra because we want to say that putting kids in more, more challenging classes will, um, will suddenly motivate them to want to do well in it. Cause it also has the other effect, right. That it's, it's, they're not ready for it and, and it's too hard. Um, or, um, sometimes the teachers and, and I, again, I don't, I don't know your teacher at all, but sure. are their teacher, but like sometimes teachers can be gatekeepers with some of those accelerated classes. And it's like, do you belong in here? You read, you know, and, and so they make it about more work than it being about the work. It doesn't have yeah. to be more work just yeah. because. So it's, like, you know, it's, it's been fascinating because with the twins, um, you know, <laughs> one of them is super motivated and, and it's not really a problem. And one of them not quite as motivated. So you're pushing, pushing kids. Uh, and they in the one same of them class? struggles. Was that? Are they in the same period? Like the same? Uh, they're not in the same class. They have different okay. teachers. Um, and so it's, it's kind of just interesting to watch. Uh, and, and so as a parent, I struggle because I don't want one of them to not like school. Yeah. I want them to love school, but it's there. It's there. It's hard to do 10th grade math. It's hard to do algebra. I'm not entirely sure I could do it. Yeah. Um, so it's, I don't know. It's just uh, one of those things where I, I think it's just my elementary mindset. I just don't understand. I don't understand credits. I don't understand yeah. any of that stuff. So, well, and I, I think would, elementary is set up generally to be pretty heterogeneous groupings, right? Like your, you know, kids are of different ability levels in the same class at the same time. Right. So you would, you would more imagine like, okay, well, what, why, why aren't, you know, if they're in eighth grade, why aren't some of the kids, why aren't they doing eighth grade math? And some of those kids are ready for algebra concepts, but some of the other kids are, you know, still working on pre-algebra concepts, but some of those pre-algebra concepts they've been working on since third grade, right? Those standards just spiral all the way down. So yeah, I I don't, I, I think then from, so from my perspective coming from high school, it's, it's just so hard to convince sometimes a ninth or 10th grader to, 
to take a to take a harder class or to take um, than it is in middle school when they're you know when when they are still developing and and still kind of you know able and that's why it's so, to tell you it's so important that you have you have teachers that when you're putting kids in those situations that that they are welcoming that they are um, to an extent nurturing that they are you know they are like have that like hey you know we can do this it's going to be you know it's going to be hard but it's going to be you know worth it right mm-hmm. yeah um, how um, how important so another thing I'm struggling with from elementary school I appreciate your perspective on this you, fifth grade teachers I think a lot of the times have a really tough job uh, in many ways maybe the toughest job in elementary school because number one you've got SBACs and you have to pass the SBACs which is the star right. rating basically but two is you might have a fifth grader that's at eighth grade and you don't know squat about pre-algebra any of that stuff and so you're trying to meet that how um from your perspective how important is elementary school and the fifth grade teacher uh should should they push i mean i know what you're gonna say but so let me let me think about this so from an elementary perspective i tell them like you you can't slow the high kids down you got to grow them yeah so if you're if you're uh if your daughter's in fifth grade and she can do eighth grade math well, we got to challenge them otherwise they get bored but at the same point in time as the principal of an elementary school what matters is fifth grade content there, there's no eighth grade questions on an SBAC. so i think elementary principals might be caught in the middle there a little bit mm-hmm. about what to tell fifth yeah. grade teachers so we and we did struggle with that right because because you're for exactly that reason right because sometimes we notice like Gigi would think every algebra and we obviously, you know, we have geometry as well. Um, every one of those kids should be right. They should be a four right on the SBAC. You would think just automatically based on, and, and the truth is they weren't right. And some of them even got a two on the SBAC. And so, um, and, and part of that is, so we, we've had to be really, um, conscious of like, as we get into second semester of just sort of doing some of that, Hey, don't forget what, (laughs) what eighth grade math looks like. And that's, and part of it, we stopped doing, like we stopped doing algebra maps. We stopped doing geometry maps and we started doing eighth grade maps because we wanted them to see. And now obviously with exact path and things like that, we wanted those programs to line up with where they at with their actual grade level standards and that they um, can see and then be able to fill in. Cause that's just cause they, can do the work doesn't mean that they're, you know, great at it. I've made a hundred cakes in my life. Not all hundred of them have turned out amazing, right? Like sometimes, and I'm a pretty good direction follower, you know? So um, (laughs) just sometimes you just, you know, I get a little lazy about the butter, whatever, don't mix it, mix it too much. And so, you know, we're human, we're human beings. We're, we're going to make mistakes. So, yeah. So last question, I'll let you go because you're, it's late and you're, you're gracious with your time. Let's just say, I, I, I think, like, let's just say a year from now, two years from now. Let's go two years from now. Okay. Two years from now, we've got learning intentions, and you've got Amplify in, and you've got the new reading program, and you've got math. The teachers get a contract that's worthy of them, and you have everything you need. And when I say we, I mean the district. Yeah. Let's say the district scores are still flat. What then? What what would what would Superintendent West do <laughs> at that point where you know the teachers have all the materials they're allegedly supposed to need? Yeah. They're paid fairly well. I wouldn't say great, 
Um, you know, they work for Roger West, who's amazing, but yet Fest still falls flat. What, what was superintendent West yeah. think that we could do then? Well, I, I think then at that point, it, it does really come down to like what, what kind of I'm, I think, I think what I'm doing this year, right. What I've sort of set out as my goal this year is that, is that you can have good teaching, but it's, but is it, um, can you fine tune it? Right. And so the fact that, you know, it's just kind of old school in a way, like in general, we have pretty compliant kids. We have kids that are mostly willing to do, but are we maximizing, we have 80 minute blocks, right? In those 80 minutes, are we doing everything we can instructionally? So I, I would say my answer back to you would be if we're still flat, is that I, I would be talking about uh, like, what does that 80 minutes look like? And how are you maximizing those 80 minutes to make sure that um, you're meeting the needs of, of every kid? Because that's part of the reason why we have block is that um, I think that we're still teaching, we're, we're still we, we're, we still have a vanilla, you know, vanilla ice cream. Um, and, and I like, you know, some Rocky road. Um, we gotta, we gotta add some, we gotta add some stuff to it, you know, and, and, and your wife is, I, and I'm not just saying this cause you're on here. Like she's the type of people that do, right. She figures out. Don't <clears throat> give her more credit than she deserves. No, I, but, people, <laughs> but not everybody does. And <clears throat> somebody can have a really engaging lesson. Mm-hmm. That's, that is, that seems like a good show or seems like a really, and they're covering the content and they're doing, but then you look and you see that not, not everybody received it. And so, um, yeah. I try to it's say a, a lot, like kids should be tired at the end of the day, we should be ready to go out and, and party. Right. And at the, what I find as at, at two thirty one, my teachers are tired and kids are ready to go. Right. Cause they've watched the yeah. show all day long. Yeah, that's true. So, that's true. Well, I mean, you survived your first podcast. I know. I it yeah. wasn't as, you know, I'd like <laughs> well, to share. Wasn't as daunting as you thought. You know, there's there's not I'm not Joe Rogan. There's not a million people that are going to listen to it. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, there'll there'll be a few and they could probably gain something from you. I I know like especially elementary, you know, we we could learn more. I talked to Pam. I try to learn, but you know, then you got your own things going on and um, it's just, it's hard. I think it's just a mindset, but I appreciate you. I appreciate your perspective. I appreciate what you do for kids. And, uh, and, uh, I wish you, I wish you all the luck as you someday become superintendent West. Never, never, ever, ever. (laughs) Ah, that's just your perspective. And in the end, it's all about perspective. It is all about perspective. You're right. That's it. That's all. That's all we have. Right. And hopefully your willingness to see other perspectives. That's true. Thanks for being, thanks for being here. Thank you, Robert.